Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello again, Steve Wilson back with you here, continuing through the book of Matthew. Um, We have gotten down to chapter 23, and I think we got through verse 16 last time. We were talking about uh, the use of uh, declaring your wealth, uh, Corbin. Um, And so Jesus kind of, um, and he kind of dives into this sort of here in this section because he makes the statement, he says, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it's nothing but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he's a debtor. You see, these priests were, um, you know, as I said before, they would declare their, wealth as being Corbin, and so they were claiming that they had dedicated it to the temple so it was protected against taxes and retirement and all that sort of thing, when in reality they were protecting it for their own use. They could use it later, and they they could, um, it's kind of like when you're in business and you um, incorporate your business, and then you take the money that the business generates and it has whatever protections are afforded to a corporation but you take that money and you use it for personal gain and then you try to claim it as a tax write-off um so you can you you try to cover you know for instance you can buy yourself a, a brand new car to drive around and claim well it's a company car and we have to use it for business purposes and yada yada things like that so there are you know there's always loopholes that's kind of what the priests were doing here. They were they were uh, they were exploiting loopholes um, and protecting their income, their assets. And uh, so Jesus says, basically, here's here's what you're saying when when he talks about swearing by something, and he mentions that a little bit more later on. <coughs> it's not so much as okay, I swear by you know all things above, or I swear by this, or I swear by that. They're basically saying. Look, the things I say are based on my position and who I am are of God, um, you know, and they and you should honor them based on the fact that I'm a representative of the temple and so on. When in reality, what they're doing is they're they're not really they're not really stewards of the temple. They're stewards of the money they've invested in there. So it, it's another sign of hypocrisy. It's a falsehood. And so he's telling them, look, what you're doing in reality is you're not swearing by the temple. You're swearing by the gold. You're swearing by the money that you've put in there. And he says, you know, Corbin is a valid claim. It's a valid process. 
but you're abusing it. And so when you put money in there and you improperly declare it as Corbin, the fact is you haven't really invested it for the right purposes. So you, if, if you claim that you put, let's say, $10,000 in there and, and you're using it for personal reasons and that sort of thing, you're not using it really for what it's intended for, you owe that money. I mean, if you, you, you claim that you put that money in, then you've indebted yourself. Um, so that's kind of what he's getting at here. When he makes that claim, you know, that, you know, if you're swearing, you're swearing by the gold in the temple. And so that makes you a debtor uh, that, you know, you've claimed this and and you need to you need to honor it. So anyway, kind of where we're at on that. Verse 17, he calls them uh, fools and blind for whether is greater uh, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. You know, just kind of as a side note here, as, as you go through this passage, um, people today will say, well, you know, you shouldn't judge and, you, you know, you, you shouldn't call people names and be careful how you speak. Well, the fact is, look what Jesus did here. Um, he called them hypocrites. He called them fools. Calls them blind guides. He calls them whited sepulchers. He calls them serpents. He calls them vipers. I mean, he didn't hold back. Now he was just—he wasn't just using random names and using foul language or anything like that, like a lot of people might do today. But he's identifying who they are. So to to claim somebody's a crook or a thief or a murderer or or whatever else, um, you know that's valid. Uh, that's valid. Now you better be able to back it up. And you better be sure that you have approached this particular exercise in a in a, uh, a biblical manner. But um, the truth of the matter is, you know, Jesus did it. And if Jesus did it, then what stops us from doing it? He's, he's kind of set the example for us here. Um, so anyway, he says, you fools and blind guy, and, and blind for whether it's greater whether it's greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. So he's asking them, you know, which is the most valuable. And so in verse 18, he says, And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Kind of the same principle as we were talking about with the money that they've invested in it, in the uh, temple and then uh, declaring it, as uh, as Corbin, you fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Then he says th three things here, uh, again with the threes. We mentioned in our last episode that a lot of things come uh, in packages of, of three, and that just kind of solidifies what it is, it's a divine number. And... Uh, you know, God oftentimes uses that combination to make a point. Um, and so here's what he says in 20, 21, and 22. He says, Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all things thereon. Verse 21. Whosoever shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And in verse 22. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Now, what he's doing here, these are things <coughs> that the Pharisees did because, as I mentioned before, 
not so much as I swear by the altar, I swear by, you know, the temple, I swear by heaven. It's not so much the statement that they they make, that they're swearing by it, as it is just who they are. And so the things that they say and the, you know, the, the things that they share with people are respected because they're supposedly men of God. And these are the elements, you know, that they um, minister to and with and, and about and that sort of thing. So so he's, it's just somewhat of a tongue-in-cheek kind of an accusation here that Jesus is doing because when he says you swear by the altar, well, what happens at the altar? That's where repentance is made. That's where forgiveness is given. You know, it's just much like at our churches, you know, we invite people to the altar to accept Christ or confess sins or get right with God or, you know, whatever might be troubling them. Uh, and he's saying, you know, you're fools and you're blind and, and the things you're saying are, are false. And by that, that makes your repentance false. That makes your forgiveness false. He's basically telling them, not only are you misrepresenting yourself to the people, you're misrepresenting yourself to yourself. You're not who you think you are. Um, the basis of who you claim to be is false. And you need to recognize that. So he does the same thing with the other two. He says, uh, he talks about swearing by the temple. Well, again, ask yourself what happens in the temple. Well, in the temple, that's where sacrifice, that's, you know, that's where the sacrifices are made as they approach the temple. And that's where worship is lifted up to God, which is really the biggest thing here. And he's saying, not only is your repentance and forgiveness and all those things false, but so is your worship. You know, that, that just, that, um, that eliminates proper worship. You can't properly worship God if you've not properly been forgiven and, you, and, and you've not been properly forgiven if you haven't truly repented. Um, so your worship is false. And in the third thing, he says, when he talks about swearing by heaven, you know, I mean, what what is heaven? What happens in heaven? Well, that's where you meet God. You're face to face with God. Well, here are, are men who are proclaiming that they're hearing from God and they're studying God's word and they're representing God and, and, and so on it goes. And he's saying it's it's all a lie. None of this is true. So your your repentance and your forgiveness is false, your worship is false, and your representation uh, of, of uh, being a man of God is false. It's a lie. So your whole, he's just identifying their, um, um, I guess, their being uh, hypocrites. Um, and then he says in verse 23, he says, Woe unto you. Um, now I'm going to mention something about the woes here. He actually mentions eight times, seven of which um, he says, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. Seven times he does that. Seven times is the number of finality, finality, the number of completion. Seven days in a week, God completed his creation. And the other time, he says in verse 16, he says, One to you, blind guides. Um, you know, eight times, the number eight represents a new beginning. So what he's telling them here is, he's, after seven times, he's he's saying, um, basically, cursed are you, 
Um, you, you know, you, your, your existence is a woeful existence because it's not valid. And then he says, you know, after eight times, he's saying, you're, you're right back where you started. Um, nothing has changed. And everything you're doing, just you're going in circles. So again, he's basically saying, uh, everything you do is invalid. It's not acceptable unto me. And so, uh, let's see, where was I? Verse 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, as I said. Scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. He, let's see, he does that in verse 13. He does it in verse 14. He does it in verse 15. Uh, he does it in here in verse 23 and 25, 27, and 29. It's in 16, I mentioned, where he calls them blind guides. So he calls them out seven times, and then, of course, the eight times that I just described. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. He's leading, they're leading people astray. Um, they're uh, misguiding People, because basically what he's saying is you're you're um, requiring works. You're requiring works in order to uh, to have a relationship with God. Now he expects us to serve him and he expects us to do things for him, but that's not the basis of our relationship. You know, it's through Christ that is the basis of our relationship, and so that's what he's trying to tell them here. You're missing the point. You're missing what the law is really about. The law is your thing, but the law is designed to show you that you can't keep the law. Uh, and so you're, you're missing out on the things that, the true message of the law. Verse 24, you blind guides with strain and a gnat, swallow a camel. Well, surely you can picture that. I mean, that's not too hard to explain that, um, you, you know, you make a big deal. You're making a mountain out of a molehill in a lot of places, and yet you let the big things slide, uh, the, Im the important things. 25 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and uh, of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Um, he's, he's kind of talking about the white of the sepulcher kind of situation they're cleaning themselves up on the outside making an appearance um, and you know they're giving the only really giving the appearance of righteousness when there's no righteousness within the the um, the uh, relationship that you have with with the Lord with God is just not there you just it just looks like it's there so he just continues to beat upon this whole hypocrisy thing. Verse 26, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. He says, you, you, you've got to you, you, you've attack the inner being first. That's where it all starts. Uh, if you're not clean inside, you're not going to be clean, clean outside. No matter how you present yourself, it's not going to make any difference. People can see through that. Um, so, folks, you know, be careful of how you present yourself to others because, you know, if we're going to fulfill God's law and we talk about actually accusing people and pointing out their flaws, well, you need to make sure that your own life is clean, too. 
Um, so we're at our 15-minute mark. It's time to knock off. We'll pick up next time in, uh, let's see, verse 27, I guess we're up to. So uh, you guys enjoy your day. Goodbye and God bless.